another week and another episode of True Selfie. We are here with Jess. Hello, everybody. <clears throat> Sorry, my throat was like. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know it was my cue to start talking there. <laughs> I jumped in. To jump in I when you see this. me hacking. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's that time of year. Everybody's doing that. I know. So, um, we are on our. Is this the fourth one? This is the fourth. I think so. Yeah. Episode. Numero um, We're halfway through. Yep. How do you feel? Uh, married. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. We're yeah. still married after yeah. four episodes, guys. It works. That's good. That's good. <laughs> As of this recording. As of yeah, we're about <laughs> to talk now. Okay. Uh-oh. We are very um, experienced in the next topic. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. We Let's can put it tell way, you yeah. all of the. No, we're not going to. We can't. Oh, because I got some good ones. <laughs> we're going to hash <laughs> it out. We are talking about confrontation today uh, in marriage. Confrontation. Um, it happens. Yes. In a real marriage. Not, so on, fast. Uh, not on the Hallmark Channel. Not in certain romance movies. Well, no, there's always like a period of drama. There's, yeah, there's always but drama. But they come back together at the end and they ice skate or do something romantic like that, you know? Yeah. It's great. Yeah. That's so how real life works. That is, yeah. Whenever you're in the middle of a heated argument, just go ice skating. Go ice skating. <laughs> Although I didn't, I mean, I didn't even do good the last time we went ice skating, you know? <laughs> I know. I didn't do good. It was like, there were expectations for that moment, I think, <laughs> by you that I was unaware of. <laughs> we uh, need to work on our communication. We were, okay, so we went gotta... ice skating during the month of December. Yeah. And beautiful. it was a beautiful day. Uh, it was like 50 degrees, it way too warm. It was the prettiest setting. Oh, and I thought me and him were going to like have time. We didn't have the baby. thought we were going to have time to ice skate together. We didn't have hands. the baby, but we had seven other kids. <laughs> okay. So Who are older <laughs> okay, and I'm can ice saying. skate. Okay. Like so most could. Preteen to teen. Most okay. could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we're skating. And I thought we were going <laughs> to have this nice like frolic on the ice. <laughs> Frolic, sure. <laughs> and holding hands, spinning. I around. literally go to grab his hand to hold his hand for the first time, and he's like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> I, you were gonna pull me over. I was still learning. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, "Okay." And then he just like is in like ice hockey mode, like like it's a sport, and he's gonna win. What, <laughs> like twirls and. I, don't I was know. not twirling. I, it wasn't like a romantic moment. He no, was, my feet hurt. So <laughs> I went through three pairs of skate. I was getting he blisters. Was not in the moment to be romantic. It was. Uh, it was fun though. It, <laughs> Next time I'll communicate clearly that. Listen, I, we're hallmarking it right now. <laughs> I, I didn't know that until after. I mean, um, I fell down twice, <laughs> and it was fifty degrees out, and there was like a half an inch of water all over the ice. So everything. His was booty was so- all wet. <laughs> Everything was soaking wet. Because he was trying to do ice capades. Well, and I, I was, was trying to like, you know, nicely stroll, like talk while we, and he was like. <laughs> After an hour, I was getting pretty good, but I wasn't as good as I thought I and was. And he's like, watch me. I'm going to like put one foot in front of the other. <laughs> yeah. Big splash. Lots of laughs. Yeah. Definitely not romantic, but. So, but that's not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> Today. We're talking about confrontation today. That's right. Um, so uh, to kick off this topic, I think it's important to start with saying um, the way I respond is my responsibility. The way I handle a conversation 
I can't control what you do or what you say or how you handle it, but I can control my response. I do have responsibility in the equation. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't oh, agree no, with um, that. Um, it's a great start. He doesn't agree with that. No, 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 no. I, I completely, I'm good with that. I don't know. I, uh, I'm trying to figure out like why you were saying that. Like you're saying that as a statement, like that's how somebody should be thinking in the midst of like yes. a disagreement. Yes. In the middle of a disagreement an yeah. argument, like I have the way that I respond is my responsibility. I can't say that he made me cuss him out. Like the way that you yelled at me, like made me cuss you out. Oh yeah. 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 I'll give you that. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, mm-hmm. I have a responsibility in the conversation and I am in control of the way that I respond. Yeah. You can only control you and I can't control how you That's feel. That's what I'm saying is when you're in a conversation, you have to understand it's your responsibility to control your response. Yes. Yeah, I would completely agree with that. That's well, a great way to put it. Well, you didn't look at me like he was going. We're about to have no, a... I, we're just going to... Confrontation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get it now, but I, there, I was expecting some more setup to that, I guess, or I thought that there would be more setup to that. There's certainly a lot to be said for only controlling yourself. Um when we do, when I create like a goal or an, an objective or something, there's been lots of things I've created in my life and wanted to do, but lots of things that were ended up being like outside of my control. And you can only achieve something that's within your control where you have the authority over the inputs or what it takes to get there. And in an argument, like you said, the only thing you have control of is yourself. You cannot control the other person. And if you lose control of yourself, you're most likely, you probably know the other person pretty well, and you're most likely going to end up pushing their buttons, and then it's going to be very hard for them to maintain control, and then you're just, you guys are just all over the place at that point. Yeah, so, and I think a lot of times we can set high expectations on other people and on situations that we need to make sure, like, not to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I also think... We, we set expectations on other people to understand things that they just cannot understand. Like some, Do you have a... <laughs> uh, sometimes... Uh, Do you have a real life story? It, no, I don't have a real life story. I'm sure something would come to me if I thought about it long enough. But in situations where you and I disagree on something, I'm explaining my point very clearly. You should obviously get on the same page as me. But for some reason, you don't. Yeah, it's because we're different. Oh, that's right. That's uh, what he wanted to talk I about. I mean, all he the wanted logic. wanted to start with different, being different. <laughs> all the logic, all the facts are there, Brooke, for us to get to this this conclusion. In but your brain, but not in mine. I know. Why not? <laughs> because we're different. Oh. Men and women are different. And you know, that's fun. I think it's fun that we're different. Um, I think it's fun that opposites attract. There are... Uh, there are lots of things to be said good for that. Um, you know what I mean? Like like, there's, there's lots of enjoyment that can be had in that. The fact that we're opposites, that we're not the exact same. I enjoy the the parts of you that are opposite from the parts of me. Um, I know that's another lesson. But in other things that we do, like I, I enjoy that. That's 
fun. I don't always want to just do certain things. Um, but yeah, the, the, the opposites, there are other opposites that are, yeah, that are tougher to navigate and that we have to be very diligent and, and pay attention to and learn about each other. So we can pretty much say that we aren't meant to agree on everything, right? That is correct. Now, foundation-wise, the foundation of our beliefs, the foundation of how to raise a family, the foundation of um, our belief in God, our spirituality, um, there are lots of things that we are meant to agree, agree on. on, and we have to. Um, we have to agree on on moral boundaries, integrity, telling the truth. There are things that we have to agree upon or... Um, or we cannot get through the things that we don't agree upon. Like we have to have a core belief that you and I are 99% And the that's same what on. dating should be. Yes, an audition. <laughs> that's what dating should be. I heard someone say the other day that dating, a lot of people date to make memories and to take pictures and to <laughs> just do all this fun stuff. And the guy's like, no, that's what marriage is for. Dating is when you ask the tough questions, you have the tough conversations, you figure out, you know, what this person, you know, because then you can enjoy like the rest of your life because you already agree with that person and you can yeah. make memories, you can do the things you guys want to do. But that's what dating's for is to ask the tough questions. Yeah, I, I don't get it. It's great. Um, I, I guess like, uh, like when somebody marries somebody <clears throat> in another religion and then they get married and they have to go through like a they conversion convert, yeah. or, or whatever. Like I, I don't, I don't get that. Like, what if they say no halfway through it, and they're like, "This is stupid," and and they don't believe that. Like, it's. I don't want to say that it's too well. It's kind of too late. You're already married. Um, I don't want to say it's too late, but it's gonna be a lot harder, you know to get through life without that core set of the beliefs. core beliefs that need to be established and agreed upon and lived out. Yeah, without thinking about eternity together. You know, like there, if you're not on the same page on that, then I don't know how you're going to be able to pay the bills <laughs> or make decisions on where you're going to live or I any know. other things. A lot things. of people do, though, you know, but it's, it's the fulfillment of their life. Like, are they fulfilling? Right. You know? Um, I don't know. I, you said the fulfillment of their life. Are they f fulfillment of your life, you know, or are they a, just an emotional need or a, a, a small feeling of lonely, loneliness? Yeah, yeah, yeah are you, just, up, you went straight up physical there. Are yeah. you just meeting needs, Yeah, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so I agreed. I do. I, I was kind of trying to get us to the topic of, you know, the, for the gray areas in life. But I do believe, like, you went the right way with that. Yes, we do agree on things. We do. There are things that we must agree on. Must. Must. Mm -hmm. Those are black and white. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but what about the gray? There are going to be gray areas. There are going to be conversations or decisions that need to be made that they are not eternally. They're not eternal decisions, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there are going to be things I don't agree on because we're different, because we see things different, because we were raised differently, because, th I mean, there's a million reasons mm. why we don't see eye to eye on things. The gray areas, how do we maneuver those gray areas? Through confrontation, through physical battles. <laughs> no. No? <laughs> no. 
<laughs> you get your boxing gloves out and you just say three, two, one, go. Okay, fine. Then a coin flip. No, we no. just talked about that the other day. These are so easy <clears throat> ways to settle disagreements. No. Let's leave it up to chance. Flip a coin. Heads, <laughs> Carolina. Tails, California. <clears throat> no. No. Okay. So we're getting serious. So what else do you have? I mean, like, oh. <laughs> is there not any? Um. So we have, like, we're each going to have strong convictions about things. About I'm lots be, of things. Yeah. I'm going to be super strong about the way some things are done in our household or yep. the way that we raise our kids, or, um, you know, where I don't even know. I'm trying to think of like things that just don't matter. Okay. Eternally. Let's, so here's one that we've, we've went round and round on in the past is uh, we talk about sports. It comes up every year. Uh, the, the children's dedication to sports. Um, you and I are always going back and forth about um, not enough, just enough or too much. Uh, you know, there are certain sports that happen on Sundays. There are certain sports that practice on Wednesday nights. Uh, there are certain sports that require travel and certain ones that don't. So that comes up yearly multiple times. And you and I always need to work through that. And we normally are not on the exact same page on those. But we work through it, and we get on the same page, and we settle it for a season or two. <laughs> until the next season. Until the until, next season, then we hash back out again. Well, until something um, else comes up. You know, like, luckily, baseball luckily baseball doesn't practice on Wednesdays. Nothing happens on Wednesdays. Nothing happens on Sundays unless you want to get on an all-star team or something. Then it, it involves no travel but some Sunday time and some Wednesday practices. And so we, we start going through all of that. And I think that those are the type of things that we have to be able to talk about in a marriage. And a lot of times when we talk about them, there is some confrontation. So there's going to be gray areas. There's going to be confrontation. There's going to be things that we don't agree on because we are very, we can be convicted strongly or have a conscience about certain things. Um, Romans 14, Paul is talking here to the people. Um, and it basically like He's talk I think he's talking mostly about like what to eat and stuff because I think at one point in time people weren't they weren't eating meat and then they Paul was like I've spent time with the Lord and he told me that it's okay to eat meat. Mm -hmm. And he's saying like there are going to be it says welcome this is verse 1 welcome with open arms believers who don't see things the way you do. Don't jump all over them every time they do or say something you don't agree with. Even when it seems that they are strong on opinions but weak in the faith department. Remember they have their own history to deal with. Treat them gently. Then it's like, for instance, a person who has been around for a while might be convinced that he can eat anything on the table. While another one with a different background might assume he should only be a vegetarian and eat accordingly. Um, but since they're both at Christ's table, wouldn't it be rude to criticize the other and the one who didn't eat? After all, God invited them both to the table. Mm -hmm. So he's saying that there are going to be things that you're convicted about. They're going to be different. Your opinions are going to be strong about it. Mm -hmm. There are going to be things that don't matter. This person may feel like sports is okay on Sunday. This person may feel like sports are not okay on Sunday. There are going to be things um, that are not like an eternal, eternity thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And on those things, it's telling them to treat them gently. 
And then it kind of goes on to say what's important in all this is that you keep a holy day, keep it for God's sake. If you eat meat, eat it to the glory of God. Oh, and thank God for prime rib. Oh, yes. But if you're a vegetarian, eat vegetables to the glory of God and thank God for broccoli. None mm. of us are permitted to insist on our own way in these matters. Um, it's God we are answer- answerable to. So there are going to be things that we don't agree on. Paul tells us that. Um, you know, we may feel... Um, there is a couple of reasons like I was talking about where you send their kids to school. Like there are going to be things, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, some things that are heavy on one of us and not on the other. Um, in those gray areas, we have to understand that that doesn't give us an opportunity to attack as they're our enemy. Mm-hmm. You know, the conversations will arise, the confrontation will arise, but it does not put us to the point where we are to attack another person. And that's where confrontation can be birthed from, right. is that attack because we don't agree. Yeah, I mean, in this instance, Paul is, so uh, Christianity is new, and we're trying to spread the faith, and we're, we're trying to bring people uh, to the teachings of Jesus and, and get them together and grow his church. And just like that, there are some people that were very obedient to the Old Testament ways, and we're trying to teach them Jesus's way at that point in time. Well, I think the Old Testament, they didn't really eat pork, you know, like that wasn't a thing, and they didn't eat unclean food and all that stuff. And what Paul is saying is that there's, yeah, they come in with, I call it baggage, it's kind of, you know, like you said, their own beliefs, but let's not forget the big picture. Let's let's look at things, you know. Um, do you and I believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost? Do you and I believe that Jesus was a real person and died on the right. cross? You know, right? But yeah, do we do we do that? You know, let's let's maybe not talk about wearing a hat in church. You know, right. I don't know where it says a forwards or a backwards hat or a cowboy hat or a bandana or if you got your sunglasses on top of your head. Like, I don't know about all of those things. Let's not it's argue. Not, it's not and about beat up that. Over that. Yeah. Right. You're at the table. You're in church. Do you believe in this? You know, do you believe in the salvation prayer? Kind of go down that route. Right. So um, we kind of talked about like our response and confrontation. So we're not agreeing. We obviously have these strong convictions about things. Um, Our response is our responsibility. What are the dangers of a quick response? Ooh, a quick response. So Because that's when that attack, that's when you're attacking, you know, when we, the conversation arises, the differences were, we're kind of heated. We're very passionate about how we feel. That is when those quick responses become very dangerous in a marriage. Oh, (laughs) let me slow my response down here. Um, Yes, it is so easy to not want to argue, but unintentionally escalate a situation. It, it is very easy. You know, you've been with that person a long time. You know that person. You know their buttons. When they say something, it is almost a reflex for you to say something back that'll uh, instantly tick them off more than what they were already ticked mm-hmm. off. And it is hard to control that. Uh, I admire people who take a long time to talk. You know, yeah. I, I work with people that are that way. 
I mean, it's, it's, I've, I've, I see people at church that way. I'm a fast talker. So when I see somebody like taking one, maybe two breaths before they say something, like, I'm like, wow, I wish I could do that. I'm just, it just comes right out. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what the scripture teaches us. Um, there's a couple of verses that, uh, I have highlighted James 1, 19, 20, which I think we all pretty much have heard at one point in our life is know this, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger for the anger of the man does not produce the righteousness of God. When you are quick and give a quick response, um, and you're quick to anger, you're actually not giving God glory in what you're doing. Yeah. Lord, please grant me that slowness. Because yes. especially in a man, um, you uh, not that you want to be right, but you just, you all of a sudden get this weird confidence that like, I know what to say mm-hmm. right in this situation. In this and it is not, it is so far I from mean, the right thing. I mean, just in our conversation the other day, I don't even, you were like, I'm just trying to explain it to you. And I'm like, dude, we're done. <laughs> like, yeah. like, we're done talking about it. Just swash it. And you're like, I'm just trying to explain. And I'm like, just I don't need to know. i trying to help, Brooke. Don't you like, see the excla- love that's coming out of me right now? Your explanation <laughs> is not helpful in this moment. So let's just be quiet for a minute. So, um, that's, so that's a great thing. I, um, you and I, you and I, I learned something about you a long time ago in our marriage and i think a lot of guys realize you got to learn the right time to talk about something yeah you you have to learn that and you have to you gotta you gotta know your wife you gotta know how she processes things um because not getting on board with that you won't be able to talk about anything hardly so it, timing is very important. When something happens and you got to know what that thing is, you got to know when to talk about it. Do I need to talk about this right now? Do I need to say, hey, I know this happened. Let me know when you're ready to talk. Um, because as, as guys, we want to talk about it, fix it now, and move on. I got right. stuff to do. Guys I have, can't do this. Guys have that fix it mentality. They love to fix things. They want to give you a solution for everything that you're, you know, going through. And sometimes we have a solution for everything. I know. I can fix and, this. Bro. No. Come on. But there are things that we're not asking as women for a fix or a solution. Or sometimes it's just like, listen. Um, I like that you said that there is a time because Ecclesiastes three seven says um, there is a time to keep silent and a time to speak. And the timing of things is very important. Sometimes you may be ready to talk, but your partner is not, especially if they're very strongly convict, like convicted. Is that the word I'm trying to, I mean, they have strong convictions about it or they're very passionate about a topic. Um, There's more emotion that comes with that. And if they're heated and they're upset, then that it probably isn't the best time because that, that quick, they haven't had time to slow down, let the feelings, emotions kind of settle, mm-hmm. and then allow some more thought <laughs> to come through before that quick response comes and that talking comes. Mm-hmm. But there may be some situations where it is a really big deal and it has to be talked about right now. Oh, immediately. Let's and talk it's, about it. <laughs> and it may be hard <laughs> to um, intentionally like try to figure out 
now or later like i can just see guys going what do i do like is this now or later do i (laughs) it's like those little candies now later Um, so i i know that it but that is very key to and as a man or if a wife is the opposite maybe being like hey i know you're upset like you said is the is the timing good now or do you want to like let your emotions like settle and talk about it later yeah and sometimes you just tell by the look on their face yeah. they're not even going to say you you can say how about we t- oh nope okay tomorrow or like, <laughs> or like for me like i stay home all day and jesse's at work all day so like something that is bothering me i've had a lot of time throughout the day to think about it and then when he gets home from work he's exhausted and he's been thinking and talking all day long and i'm like hey blah, 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 and he's like on overload you know because he's winding down and you know, so that maybe where if it's not something like so urgent or sudden, you could be like, hey, I, there's something on my heart I want to talk to you about. Can we talk about it later before bed? And hopefully I know what it's about, though, so I'm not sweating it for like three yeah. or four hours. You know what I mean? So there is a time. Ecclesiastes mm-hmm. tells us there is a time. Um, I think another verse that I had highlighted was Proverbs 17:28. It says, even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. Yeah. Even a fool... So even someone that maybe isn't saved, they mm-hmm. are considered wise if they know to keep silent. I mean, there's a chance in every situation when you talk, you're going to say the wrong thing. You know, whether it's a verbal <laughs> disagreement or it's one of my meetings at work or whatnot. Like there are certain situations where people will look at me and work and then, well, just you didn't say much about this today or something, you know. Because I've, I've heard a bunch of foolish people already talking about it. And, like, I ain't getting in on, right. on board with it. Yeah. Um, you uh, you kind of want to say biting your tongue. You know, there's a time to, to bite your tongue in disagreements. Yeah. And when I, let's say, very like, passionate or I have strong convictions. Pick your own battle. Yeah. Honestly, you know, is that really worth okay, so you're really passionate about a decision. Right. And if I'm not mm-hmm. as passionate about it, can I just like bite the bullet and just let you mm-hmm. take authority in that decision? And then when it's my turn to be where I'm passionate about a decision and you don't agree with me and you are you have like really hardly any, and then you bite the bullet, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pick your battle. Like I can, there are, even with children, like sometimes you just gotta the look on your let. face tells it all. <laughs> you just gotta you. let <laughs> pick it. Yeah, is that really worth fighting over? Yeah, um, that's great if you can do that. I do think that some marriages and even ours have gotten you know to points in the past where you never let a battle go by without trying to win it. Like I, I think it, it can get sour enough. <clears throat> but and I feel like those were when we were very spiritually immature. Yes. Yeah, agreed. But there are a lot of marriages out there <clears throat> that are like that. And they might not know they're there right now as you still, it's okay to lose a battle. Um, at that point, like we never wanted, you never want to give, give your in. enemy uh, quotes, <laughs> air quotes, you know, yeah. you're not the enemy. Right. But at that point in time, we're going back and forth. You don't want to give your enemy an inch. You don't want to lose a little bit of ground. Maybe you've, the last couple of battles, you've, you know, you can't Maybe. win in a marital battle like that, but you feel like you might have got the upper hand. 
and you're like, I'm gaining ground. They're starting to see my side. Like, that's not how it works, but your flesh starts to feel that. So if you're not picking your battles and you feel like you're winning a whole bunch of them, you're probably overall losing the war and you should probably start paying more attention to picking the battles. Yeah. And like, it goes back to what we've talked about multiple times is just remembering that, you know, we aren't each other's enemy. Like, Mm -hmm. we are on the table together and we are fighting and attacking the real enemy as we unify together. Um, The best way, and I, as cliche as it sounds, the best way in those moments where you can't agree, so you're like stalemate, you don't, like, it's just at the end and you Mm -hmm. feel like there's no, no one's going to move right? What do you do in those moments? You pray. (laughs) It's like cliche as it sounds. What prayer does is take you from that carnal mindset into a spiritual mindset. Yeah, I love that. It takes you from your flesh and the way you feel, the way you, you know, think about things. It takes you from what your flesh knows into what God knows. Yeah. And when you ask God, you know, we don't agree on this. And you, honestly, you do it together. You're in a decision you can't come to agreement on. Mm-hmm. Then you join hands together. And ho- like hopefully the husband as a spiritual head of the household would know. But if not, wife, you step up and do that too. Mm-hmm. Like we don't agree on this, God. You hear my heart. You hear my husband's heart. You're not praying. God, he don't even know what he's talking about. You just need to change his heart. You need to, <laughs> that's not what you're praying. You're right. Yeah, that's true. You're praying what you pray like, makes a difference. <laughs> yes. You're praying, God, you know my heart. You know his heart. You know what he thinks and you know what I think. And we're not asking you whose is better, whose is worse. We're asking you, God, to show us both the right way, yeah. the right mm-hmm. decision. Because then you're allowing what's best. Because God knows the bigger picture. You think you know it, and I think I know it. Yeah. But that's not what matters. No, it's great when you stop an argument like that or or whatever and you start praying, you're stopping the bleeding, you're changing the course, you're changing what you're thinking about. It's no different than when a baby um, cries, like we have a baby that cries all the time. When they're crying over something, yeah, sure, maybe you want to grab them by the head and shake them around a little bit and pray over them, but you distract them with something else. They want to do this, and you're like, no, you can't do that. And you're like, well, look at this over here. Let's let's go do this, you know. And instantly, they they change their demeanor changes. So, you're like you said, you're changing your focus from that carnal, that fight, the the issue that's going on, and you're you're looking up and you're asking God to come into your life. So and, yeah, you're stopping bleeding. That's great. Yeah, and like what you did the other night. Um, I don't know if it was this one or the previous one that you talked about praying over us when we were just having like a really long day of just like useless fights Mm -hmm. um like what you prayed was god soften our hearts like that's what prayer does is it softens our hearts it softens the stubbornness you know it softens it heals the the brokenness or the emotions Mm -hmm. you know that may have been offended like if you offended me in something that you said and then you i'm sorry for that no, I said if. I know, I but I probably I do all the time. I bet I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but in those moments, if you did offend me or you said something that like we know you didn't mean, but maybe when you take my hand and then you pray, like that action, that 
heart behind what you're doing speaks volumes to like a heart that may have feelings may have been hurt you know because it's like oh he does really care about me oh yeah like you know you don't you don't enjoy the fights maybe some people do some weird people out there and whatnot but you don't enjoy them and uh it's it's a painful experience that lasts for a while so yeah being able to soften your heart it I mean, a tip for men out there. We learned it last year, the year before or something. We were going through um, a challenge. I don't, I don't even remember what it was, <clears throat> but we started praying with each other every night before we went to bed. Um, we would be in bed. You would pray. I would pray. I don't, I don't remember what got us doing that. Yeah. But we were doing it for a short while, and uh, it was extremely impactful Mm -hmm. and I learned from that and yeah I implemented it the other day when we didn't have a great day and I did not want to go to bed like that um I did look up Ephesians 4 26 through 27 which is I'm going to read two versions here be angry and yet do not sin do not let the sun go down on your anger and do not give the devil an opportunity And here's a little more clear version, at least for me. Um, Do not get so angry that you sin. Do not go to bed angry and don't give the devil a chance. Not going to bed angry is huge. And that's what I felt God led me to do the other day was to pray over us before we, we went to bed because Things were better between us and all that, <clears throat> even before we went to bed. But I still felt bad about how the day went. And I needed God to step in and heal that. And honestly, like, we didn't have a discussion about what happened. You know, like... Yeah, we, we never solved it. We never solved the whatever... I don't even know what it was. Dog poop. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. That was a Dog portion poop. of it. That was part, Yeah. Boop. And so we never, like well, you shouldn't have said this. You know, we never, like, hashed out what went wrong. We never, like, went back and, like, walked through it. No, we never figured out who we won. We never, yeah, I don't even know. But what was important was we brought it under, you know, the covering of God, and we said, and that was enough peace for us to both. Slept like a baby. Like, shut the door and move on, you Woke know? Woke up the next morning, felt great. Right, and so, it's, like. It's not giving the devil a chance, like. It could have sat there and festered all night long. All night long. We could have woke up this morning and it could have been still there. You know, it could have just kept going until one day we would have been talking about something else and it would have been getting heated and it, we would have brought it right back up and it would have, boom, it exploded into something nasty. Right. But we got rid of it. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone, baby. Do the next one. No. That's right. Um, oh. <laughs> so <laughs> I will heard- be more. I heard this analogy, and I thought it was really good. And I think you're going to like it because you're a sports guru. Okay, okay. Um, so two teams playing any kind of sport, right? Their main goal is to win. To win, yep. Yes. There Ooh. are fouls being played. There are undercuts. There are timeouts. There are all of these things, okay? Just like in marriage. You know, two people, we want to win. You know, we want... The mission is to win, okay? But there's going to be wrong actions. There's going to be hurt feelings. Mm -hmm. There's going to be timeouts. 
right? Um, and we're going to not agree on things, okay? In those moments, the uh, whoever I heard, I don't know who I heard it from, but he was talking about how there are referees. Yeah. There is a third party that makes those decisions in the heat of the argument. Mm -hmm. You got two coaches ticked off thinking that they saw what they saw and that that guy touched that guy's mask or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. So they call a timeout, a referee makes the decision. How is that biblical? And the guy that I heard it from was talking about 1 Corinthians 6, 5 through 6. And it says, I say this as bluntly as I can to wake you up to the stupidity of what you're doing. Is it possible that there isn't one level-headed person among you who can make a fair decision when disagreements and disputes come up? I don't believe it. And here you are talking to each other before the court. How can they render justice if they don't believe in the God of justice? The main part of that is, isn't there someone who can make a level-headed decision for you? And then I think about like the scripture with the elders and how like you call on the elders of the church. Mm -hmm. And in the moment of heated arguments, is there not a godly counsel that can step in and be a third party for you and help make those decisions that you guys literally can't agree on? And he was just talking about how there are godly people in your life mm -hmm. that if you cannot make a decision, if you guys are at that stalemate position where you're neither of you are budging, is there not someone around you that has wisdom that can help make a decision for you right, yeah. and point you back to God's word or where you hear it from different ears or a different mouth or a different heart? Um, like he was just talking about like the referee thing and I was like, no, that's really good. And then he started talking about how it kind of related to that scripture and how there are wise people who can help you find a godly wise couple. And mm -hmm. like, don't just because you can't agree, don't just say, well, that's it. We're getting a divorce. Right. Don't just say, well, that's yeah. it. We're done. I'm, I'm leaving tonight. I'm going to go live with my, with my mom and you're going to live, you know, take a minute and who around you? By God, look around. Do you not have someone that can help you? There are people in the church that have been married 40 years, 30, 40, 50 years, you know, whatnot. There is probably no way you're going through a situation that they have not already went through. Right. They went through it, and then they stayed together another 10 years, and they can look back on that same situation, that thing that's killing you day by day. They can look back at that and say, y'all need to chill out like right. it's gonna you're gonna it's all right yeah that lasted for us for six months yeah. you know or something but it feels like you're like we're gonna be into this forever but they have been through right. everything they have maybe lost all their money and had to move back in with their parents in their 30s you know whatever maybe they've had uh maybe their parents lost money and their parents had to come back in and live with them you know or, or something and they've just they go people go through stuff Life is a cycle. Yes, we go through different things nowadays than what they went through, um, you know, with social media and all that. But they went through all of the parenting challenges that you went through, all the relationship stuff. There is godly counsel out there. And then if you pray over it and, and give it to God, then he's going to help you get through it. Right. That's exactly the point is it's the enemy can make your confrontations and your uh, disagreements and disputes seem like they're a mountain that you can never oh, yeah. climb, mm -hmm. that you're never going to get over. It's going to be a constant thing for the rest of your marriage. You're going to deal with this. And 
it makes you feel like there's no hope and that this is going to last for 10 years. Mm-hmm. That is a lie. That's like, a lie. The thing, people go through seasons. Your marriage is going to go through seasons. So many. There, I mean, that's why we say those vows before God, like mm-hmm. in sickness, in health, in financial blessings, and in, yeah. you know. In fast food arguments. Yeah, absolutely. Little, little things, all that stuff. You know, all you're going to go through stuff. all of it, and it, it all piles up. It will, and that's there's a time when you're, you know, your marriage is enjoyable, and, and but mm-hmm. there are times when it, you know you're not. It's not enjoyable. There, that's there are times for things. There are seasons for things. Just as winter, summer, spring, fall, you're, it's not the end of. It's not always going to be that way. No, and I and I think as a married couple, you have to have confrontation. Not that you have to have it, but you're going to have it. Um, I got a quote from C.S. Lewis here. Hardship often prepares an ordinary person for an extraordinary destiny. So I do believe that hardships in a marriage, maybe early on, small ones and all that stuff as you're learning each other, they're going to prepare you for something more extraordinary on down the line. Uh, I remember a season when we were first married where it felt like we were arguing about every little thing. I mean, you and I didn't live together before marriage. Um, so when we got together, we had a lot of learning to do about the little. Only You only learn so much until you're with somebody 24 hours a day. Right. <clears throat> and so we had um, a lot of little disagreements here and there. And at one point in time, I remember your feelings. It's like, do you think we fight all the time? Like, is there something wrong? Should we be fighting this much? And the way I always explained it, I don't know if it, it sunk in then or whatnot, but it was like, you know, we need to fight about the little things. We need to learn about each other a little bit. And I say fight in a light term. Um, but we need to learn those things about each other so that when something big comes up, we have the tools and the training and right. we know each other to be able to get through those big things. And it, and it played out that way. We learn a lot through the little things in order to get through the much bigger things that came on down the line. As, as children get older, as you have bigger financial decisions to make, all of that. But you, you need that. And the way I, I look at confrontation, um, or, or kind of the way I was looking at it, is it, it's good. Um, in a sense that it, it brings balance to a marriage. You have different views than what I do. Mm-hmm. And we need those different views in order to keep our marriage on the right track. So the way I was thinking about it is I'm driving a car. And as I'm driving a car, I start like drifting out of the lane. And you remind me, hey, you know, get back over. You're close to the line or whatnot. And, and those, those are those little arguments or, or those little confrontations, uh, confrontational conversations that we have. It's like, hey, you need to get back on course. You need to stay online. Because if we don't have those, if you're sitting in the passenger seat and you see me going off of the road, eventually, um, you know, I'm going to get far enough off. Where we're going to have a big confrontation. And it's going to be like me, like pinging off a guardrail on the side of the road. And it's, it's going to come back. It's going to hurt us both. It's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt the car. Um, it's going to cause some damage. But that, that confrontation that we had, that course correction that we had, 
kept us from going over the edge. You know, you, I got far enough away to where you had to say something and it blew up, you know, uh, but the damage is repairable at that point. If you don't say anything and we don't talk about it and you just ignore what I'm doing, I'm going to stray way off course. I'm going to, I'm going to drive off a bridge and the damage is going to be so bad. You and I might not be able to, to get past it. So when you're in the passenger seat and you see something going on, then you got to say something. It's, it's going to hurt, but you got to, you got to say something. That's good. I like that analogy. Um, it reminded me of the verses about the testing of your faith. And then I think it's in James and Romans a couple different times where it talks about count it for joy when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let the steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So when you're being tested, count it for joy. You know, mm -hmm. when your marriage is under attack, look at it in the eyes of God that you're producing endurance yep. and endurance then produces character and character gives you hope. And then hope, um, when you have hope, my goodness, like watch out. Yep. Um, so don't, well, we're always under attack and bleh, you know, that, kind of attitude about your marriage is so destructive mm -hmm. and it can lead us to those moments of over the guardrail where there is no hope because your attitude about it. Yeah. You know, we have to have the right perspective in our confrontation, in our disagreements in our disputes that, you know, through this, we're learning about each other to make good decisions for our family. Like, mm -hmm. um, we're producing, you know, endurance to keep us going. We're, we're making strides, you know, um, it's just rejoicing it, you know, it is so hard. That was like the verse of the day, the other day on the, like the Bible app. And it is, um, it, it is hard. It's hard to look at it that way yeah. because it's hard to look at it that way because we're looking at it in a flesh way yeah not a big picture not a, a, a winning award yeah, yeah you're looking at it in your own you're not looking at it through god's eyes when we start focusing on us in in that situation um in any argument or anything when you start focusing inward um it is not going to turn out well you're you're not going to see your purpose in life or any of that when you start thinking about um you know we talked about Submission. When you start thinking about the mission, what your marriage is designed to do, what God gave you purpose for, when you start thinking about all of that, so much stuff becomes insignificant. So much it stuff really does. does. And that when we were talking about like when you're in the middle of those battles, in as cliche as it sounds, pray like God laid out life for us mm -hmm. to follow Philippians 4 6 don't worry about anything instead pray about everything yep. when you're uh, disagreeing on something and you're worried that his decision is going to lead us down this path and we're just gonna it's gonna take us years to recover or his decision is gonna hinder our family or he thinks we should raise our kids this way and it's just gonna cause our kids to okay Stop worrying mm -hmm. and instead pray. When you pray about it, you take on that spiritual mantle. Those spiritual glasses get put on 
and you see that God has got it covered. You know, I was telling our, um, my sister and brother-in-law the other day about an argument that we had about him dressing like as little as a little thing that like irks me is like, (sighs) he hates dressing up for church. He hates dressing up really period. Period. There you go. It's, it's not, not for church. Don't bring church. I mean, I, I do hate dressing up for church, but I just hate place, dressing up. That's the only place that we go that we dress up right it's now. It's a requirement. <laughs> not a requirement. <laughs> I mean like, okay. But you really have strong, passionate feelings about how I look for church where I don't I, have those feelings. I, okay. It's not, here we go. It's not that I have strong um, feelings about you being dressed for church. It's that I like it when you dress up. Oh, well, I like to see you dressed up. You I think you likes. look nice. Thanks, it, babe. You look nice too. It it's just a thing that I like. I think. Yep. Okay. And church has nothing to do with it. That's just the only place that we go really for him to dress up on a frequent basis. On yes. a frequent basis. Yeah, I don't mind getting dressed up once a quarter. So he always has said over the last ten years of our marriage <laughs> yep. that. <laughs> 12 years, whatever, um, that he dresses up for work five days a week. Tuck he has in to my tuck shirt. in his shirt five blah. days a week. He doesn't want to tuck it in on the blah. weekend. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Let me be free. So I I say things, and I let him know that I like him dress up for church, but I've never been like, you must wear a suit. You must wear dress pants. Agreed? I mean, there's been Have some you, times it's like, okay. you're wearing that? That's what I said. I do I, say things where I let him know <laughs> that I prefer him to look yeah, yeah, nice yeah, yeah. for myself. And so um, we were just talking about the other day, and then he gets an email from his work, and oh, they changed you, Lord. the dress policy. Oh. And it is now to where he can wear jeans to work. And... I responded back to him. I said, ain't God good? Like, he just knew. I was so worked up about you. And now you don't have that excuse no more. So every Sunday, you're going to be looking fly. <laughs> looking fly. That's right. Yep. God, uh, he works. There's no doubt about that. Um, when we're doing we're doing a study right now, a pursuit study, he's changing things. It's um, There was, oh, it was uh, social media. The other day, um, Brooke, she posted something and I, I wanted to comment on it, but I don't comment on social media. Like, I don't know what to say, what to put down or any of that. Um, I, I don't know. It's weird. I just I don't like he to post know. on there. It doesn't. Yeah, he's just the, not a social media so, guy. So, uh, um, well, it turns out the very next day of the study that I was doing, it told me um, it was about proclaiming publicly, you know, when you're following Jesus, you proclaim publicly, you get baptized, you know, I believe in him, I'm following him, all that, but you do it publicly. And that's a sign of faith. And, um, it was to put that to work in my marriage and to exclaim publicly my feelings about Brooke. And the challenge was to post on social media five times on her stuff that she puts up or or create my own post or something. And uh, I was like, God, that you, we, I was just struggling with that yesterday, and here it was. So that was kind of a derailment. Um, but when you when you ask God to work in a situation, whether it's about clothing or how to post on social media or confrontations in your marriage, when you open that door and ask him to help, he will help. He will. Yeah, absolutely. He absolutely will help. He'll 
Um, and it may require, it may be a change on your part too. I think sometimes when we say, you know, change him, fix he, that person. Yeah. Like he's, he's broken. not, yeah, he's her. not yeah. doing what he's supposed to, <laughs> you know what I mean? And we start praying. Um, sometimes God's like, no, actually I needed to get you because the way you feel about him, that's what I'm trying to get out of you. Yep. And I needed him to get that way. So you could see that you're feeling these feelings of bitterness oh. and, and things towards him. Uh, yeah. And so, um, be careful because sometimes it's, it's your door that be needs, careful what you ask your closet for. needs to be cleaned out. Ooh. I think the oh, last, speaking of that, well, no, what are you talking about my closet? Oh, 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 we're not going to have that confrontation. <laughs> I think the last thing that we wanted to talk about today, um, I think you had put in our notes, like building a legacy. Ooh. <clears throat> so there's a time when there's a time when you two are ready to talk about something. There's also other times when you do not talk about anything um, in, uh, in public. You don't, you know, you're, you're not in public. That is no place to handle things. Outside influences are going to come into play at that point in time. So you, you don't do it in public. You don't argue in a restaurant you don't argue at church or any of that stuff. There are there are things that need to be handled in a marriage. What was that quietly. thing that you said the other day, like critique and praise in public, critique in private. Praise in public. That's a that's a business thing. You know, when you're in a meeting and somebody does something, you don't say you don't, that was stupid right or yeah. or any of that. You don't say no, that's wrong. There's no way that'll work. You don't do that because you're smashing that person in yeah, public. There's just so many um, times that we've seen marriages where one of the spouses will belittle the other one, oh, you yeah. know, when we're out with them or when, you know, there's a big group of us and there's nothing that cringes us more when we see that. Our pain. Uh, yeah. It's just painful. It is. Because we just, it's just not good. No, it, it goes completely against the love and respect that we've already talked about on one of the, the podcasts. It, it, it is not love or respect to do that. It's not loving for me to, to smash Brooke out in public. It's not, um, it's not, uh, respectful for, for her to say, to why are you him. ordering a dessert? You're already fat. You know, <laughs> not like she would say that, yeah. but it's not, it's, it's not, it's the exact opposite of that. Um, and as, a family man, there is zero tolerance in, on arguing in front of children. All you're doing is teaching them that, that yelling and battling is okay. And it, it isn't. It isn't. That's not the right thing to do. Um, if, if you are yelling at each other in front of your children, you need to look ahead 20 years from now. Your children are going to be yelling with their spouse in front of their children, and you're going to be building a legacy of yelling instead of teaching them how to work through arguments peaceful in a godly how manner. To, yeah, how to give grace, how to forgive. Yeah. You know, um, you hate being in those moments of arguing, so why are you feeding it to continue down mm -hmm. the generational line? Um I, I hear your heart, and I 100% agree with what you just said. We're human, and arguments oh do happen in cars. Oh, they do in How cars. Many times? We just had an argument in the car the other day, and the Thank kids God are in the car. Thank God for AirPods. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is what I would say, okay? Because I know that that's our heart. Is Try to not, your hardest. Yeah, it's your heart to not argue in front of your children. That is the heart of 
what you should be doing in the events that your flesh takes over and you do argue. The only thing that I would say is to make up in public. Oh, yeah. Is to have that talk where you're like, hey, babe, I know that conversation that we had. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. It was, I was wrong. Um, and he, let them hear that the situation was resolved. Oh, yeah, yeah, Let yeah. them see yep. how the problem wasn't fixed, but we've dished out forgiveness just like Christ asked us yep. to. Let, us, let them see us give grace in someone's failure. Um, let them Don't just show them the nasty stuff and then go behind the door at night and say, and then hash it out. Mm-hmm. You know, because they saw it. Yep. Now, what they're thinking is, mommy and daddy are still fighting, you know? Yeah, they never fix that. They never fix that issue. Let them see. I don't know. Like, I don't know how you do that. If you can do it right then and there, that's great. I don't know. I don't know how that plays out. But I'm just saying, don't just show them the nasty stuff and then make up behind closed doors. So that, do you remember that happening last year? Oh, uh. Two years ago, actually now, because it's New Year, um, it happened. You and I, we were we were in our bedroom, and we were having oh, a, yeah. Yeah, a fairly heated discussion about a big expenditure, and we we had a disagreement right. on how much we should spend, what we should do, all that stuff. There was right. a big thing, and Landon came into our room crying because he heard us talking about it, and um, I don't remember if it was your lap or my lap, but I think he had to come in. We had to set him down on our lap and we had to, we had to explain the whole situation to him, you know, and he saw us right then. Like it was over, you know? Yeah. We were arguing about this, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, I can't remember who turned out being right in that situation or, or, or how we, like you said, we don't fix it, but you move past it and it's something in the past, but we, we weren't, you never know who's listening. Right. You don't, exactly. don't, you don't know if your you kid's here. You don't know if the person the, don't. that looks up to you that's yeah. at church sitting three pews behind you. Mm-hmm. You know, they. you don't know who's listening. You don't know who's watching your marriage. You don't yep. know who's looking up to you. Um, be mindful of that and make sure that, you know, if people are watching that you're displaying the way that Christ would want it to be displayed. That's right. So um, last moments of talk... I think the last thing I'm going to say is just refrain from I told you so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh. Refraining from when situations, okay, let's say confrontation, you make the decision. I say, okay, this, we're going to go your way. Mm-hmm. And then it hashes out, and he was wrong. <laughs> As a wife, we should not be like, well, I told you so. I told you that was a bad idea. You just didn't uh, listen, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> because that just stirs. Oh, it's so immature. It's so like yeah. fifth grade playground. Because I think you wrote down like the last word. I, I don't know if that's what you meant. Yeah. Not having the last word or. I mean, so the the last word, it's hard not to get the last word. It, it is hard. I think my job has made <clears throat> me better at it, but nobody's perfect. Right. Um, there are times where I want the last word in situations, but it, it's not going to gain anything. Um the biting the tongue, the last word there, there, my flesh is so strong that there are some times where I want the last word, but spiritually I don't, I'm not going to get it. I can, I can feel like the fight in the muscles of my jaw, like trying to keep my mouth <laughs> you shut. Can, 
You, you can see it. Oh yeah. I think in you too. Like the Holy Spirit's in there, just like. He like clenches. Yeah. Oh, I just want to bite my I'm tongue like, off. Oh, Holy Spirit's going. I gotta breathe out my nose because if I open my mouth, it's gonna. Yeah. So there, there, and it it is a battle. It's a battle, especially on a, a fleshly, testosterone fueled, anger when you just want to get after it, but you're stuck in a car for an hour. <clears throat> They're just like, turn the radio up. How much louder can this dial go? <laughs> Without waking up the baby. We don't do that. Um, that's not a real life situation, listen, people. Yourself, that's just an example. Give yourself grace. Um, at the end of the day, give yourself grace. Give your husband, give your wife grace. Um, Christ died. We're going to mess up. You know, yep. he, his, his blood and was poured out for us and... The forgiveness that he displayed, we have to then in turn display that same forgiveness and grace Agreed. in other people. Um, no marriage is perfect. No marriage, there's not a marriage that doesn't have an argument. You know, um, words get said, emotions, everybody has emotions, everybody deals with them. Um, but at the end of the day, prayer is the key to kind of squashing things that flesh and the enemy doesn't want squashed yeah i mean you say there's no marriage without an argument i did hear of one one time <laughs> here's a joke ready this this guy um you know he got uh he was talking to another guy i'm just gonna look at the camera and he said uh he goes yeah i've been married to my wife 50 years and he's like wow you've been married 50 years he goes that's a really long time he goes what is the what's the secret to a marriage to last 50 years? And he goes, well, he goes, it started. My wife and I went to Italy for our honeymoon. And he's like, that's a great start. He goes, but what's the secret? He goes, well, on our 50th wedding anniversary, I'm going to go back and get her. No arguments, 50 years. Boom. So good. Nothing. At the end of the day, if you can't agree, just go to Italy, go to Italy and go your separate ways. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I bet they have great food there. All right. So that's the okay. end of our podcast for today. Um, we made it through it without fighting too much. So um, hooray to us. <sighs> and hooray to you for making it through with yep. us. You guys might have had to pause this to fight in the <laughs> middle of it. Um, <laughs> but we hope you had a wonderful, I don't know, what, 45 minutes, an hour listening and hanging out with us. Yep. Um, tune back in next week. We will be talking about leading a family. Oh. That sounds awesome. I'm excited about that. And um, the joys that go with that. That'd so, be a quick one. Um, share minutes. this. Share this with someone. Um, if you aren't already subscribing, subscribing to us on YouTube, go to our YouTube True Selfie Podcast. You can find us there, and you can subscribe and watch instead of listen if that is your cup of tea. Um, share this with someone that you know. Donate if you will, and we will see you next week. True Selfie fam, it is Brooke, and I just wanted to take a minute and thank you so much for listening to our episode today. I wanted to let you know that there are plenty of ways that you can support this podcast. What you just did right now is supporting it just by listening, and I just want to say I appreciate your listen. But there are other ways to support by sharing on your social media platforms, leaving a star or review from wherever you are listening from, or you can financially support, whether it be through clicking the More Feature tab, you'll see a link that says Support This Podcast 
podcast. And that gives you the flexibility to do small monthly contributions. That's right. As little as 99 cents. And you can also support through my website. It's brookgunther.com by clicking the donate tab where you can do one-time contributions or monthly contributions um, that are accepted through PayPal, or you can use your debit or credit card. However you support, I just want you to know that I appreciate you.